You're listening to The Beauty Debut. I'm your host, Claudia Fabian. As someone who has spent over 25 years in the beauty industry as an esthetician, makeup artist, and in professional sales, I want to share what I've learned. Allow me to be your beauty avatar and give you a behind-the-scenes look at what it's really like to work in the world of beauty. And follow me as I navigate how to age gracefully. And remember, it's never too late to make your debut. This podcast is about all things beauty inside and out. Tune in every week to hear my conversations with the amazing professionals who are working in all aspects of the beauty industry. Get the scoop on the latest trends and learn firsthand insider tips and tricks to help you look and feel your very best. I'm so happy to have you here. The Beauty Debut starts now. Hi, Kate. Thanks for being on today's episode of the Beauty Debut. And I was, you know, very excited to have you on um, just to, you know, dish about the spa industry and then also, you know, talk about what you're currently working on, which I find really intriguing and very exciting. And so I'm excited to share that with everybody. But before we get to that, I know you have a really interesting career journey. So I'd love for you to tell us how you got started in the spa industry. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is my first podcast experience. So Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm excited and nervous, right? All everything together. Um, but yeah, I have, I have a very long um, history in the spa industry. So if we take it back to where it all began, I, I'm going to actually go back to my childhood and I won't spend long there, but in middle school, I was kind of deemed like the unofficial therapist, if you will, of the group. So Mm -hmm. when anyone had a problem, they would come to me. When anyone wanted something planned, they would come to me. Like, you know, Kate was kind of like the go-to person to get everything in line or to help walk people uh, through problems. So I always knew I wanted to help people. And I went to UNLV here in Las Vegas. I got my degree in psychology and I graduated a little bit early because I knew for psychology that I would not be able to stop at my bachelor's, that I'd have to go higher than that. So I knocked out my undergrad in three years and based on when the marriage and and family therapy program started, I had a year break. And my parents said, don't drop out of school because you're never going to go back. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I'm not dropping out of school. I'm 21 years old. I have a bachelor's degree. I have a full-time job. But I understood what they meant. They meant don't fall out of the habit of going to school because it might be hard to return. And at that point, they were still, I was a very fortunate child that my parents paid for all education. And so I said, well, hell, I'll go to massage therapy school. I've always loved helping people and I'll use massage therapy to work myself my way through my graduate program. So I went to massage school and within the first few weeks of massage school, the teacher said, if you ever want a massage in Las Vegas, get yourself into a hotel. Whether you work at the hotel front desk, you work in the spa as a spa attendant, get yourself into a hotel. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. Well, at that point I was a store manager for a bath and body works and uh, treasure Island at the, at the time was hiring for an assistant manager. And I thought it's all lotions and potions, right? I can, I can right. be an assistant spa manager with no experience. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> so I, I applied for the job and I had three interviews and she, the director sat across from me and she said, oh, you have a degree in psychology. You'll need that. You're hired. (laughs) And so that was how my journey into the spa industry started. Um, I barely finished massage school and 
I never went to get my master's degree and I just worked my way, my way up in the spa industry. So <laughs> it was so far from planned, but it was an amazing industry for me and I learned so much. So there's no regrets there. Well, I, I, you know, when you were saying that you, you know, went to college for your psychology degree, as you were telling me that I was picturing thinking that is the perfect degree to have yeah. in the yes. spa industry. Yes, I absolutely did. That did still go to good use, regardless of me never having a, you know, therapist, if you will, title. Right, right. Yeah. Well, what did you enjoy most about massage school? Um, you know, oh my gosh, there, there's so much more that goes into it than you just think like, oh, massaging for relaxation. There's so yeah. much um, learning about the body and all the muscles and the attachments. There, there's so much science behind it. So I just enjoyed what well, the hands-on part of it. Mm -hmm. And I loved acupressure and I loved shiatsu. And I actually had made a deal with one of my teachers that I didn't want to do massage for my clinic. And I offered other alternatives such as the shiatsu, um, the acupressure, and even Reiki. Mm -hmm. And I know that you, you know, started your career in the spa straight away <laughs> management. Did you ever have the itch to like practice massage? Like, let's say if somebody called in sick or anything like that, did you ever oh. step up or, or no, that didn't happen? There were some days in management that were really hard that I thought, man, I wish I was just in the treatment room, in a dark room with my client. I'd only have to make one person happy um, because in Las Vegas, these aren't small teams that right. managers are managing. You're managing, I think one of the smaller teams was like 50 and those can go up into the hundreds. And so, you know, as a therapist, it only needs to kind of take care of one guest at a time. Manager, mm -hmm. Managers have a much larger team of people to keep satisfied. Yeah. And you don't realize that, you know, when you are an esthetician or a massage therapist, you know, you go in, you work your day, not that that's not easy, you know, but you, you get oh to my gosh. home and you're done for the day. But when you're a manager, it's sometimes 24 seven, especially I would imagine in Las Vegas. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. <laughs> there have been numerous, you know, personal occasions, family occasions, vacations, you know, that were interrupted by things that would need to be taken care of straight away due to guest issues or management changes um, at the hotel. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's a, it, it doesn't just turn off. Yeah. Um, and so I know that you worked in management as an assistant then, and then how did that progress and how long did it take you to get a spa director position? I was at Treasure Island for, I believe, a year. Mm -hmm. And I left there and went back to retail for a little bit. Oh, <laughs> and I then, that. Okay. Yep. I went back to retail for about a year and a director position opened up at the Platinum Hotel here in Las Vegas. And I applied for that and took that position. So um, I was a director, I guess, at, I think it was 22 years old. Wow. That's yep. so young with all that responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> right. And um, at that point, the economy hit. I think it was, it was like, so it should have been like oh seven oh eight, yeah. And there were some sister properties in other states in um, the United States. And so I would fly back and forth. I would manage two properties. Wow. Between here and the Fister in Milwaukee. <laughs> and then at some point, then the economy hit even harder and they eliminated my position. And then I started back over as an assistant manager and worked my way up at my last property. Oh, okay. All right. 
Well, you know, and I think a lot of people probably can relate to that now with all of this, you know, these current changes that are happening, you know, to the economy and to the beauty industry. So it, it's always good to know that it always comes back and you end up, you know, moving forward in the right direction at some point. Yes. Yes. But these can hit pretty hard because I feel for the managers right now that may have to come on with limited staffing. They may have oh, to be taking pay cuts. I know. You know you work so hard to get to a certain point. And so, yeah, yeah you kind of get wanna, any easier. Yeah. You want to kind of bask in your glory of like, okay, I finally made it to this. Yeah. Level. <laughs> and it's like, no, you're still doing yep. different other jobs. So exactly. Oh, exactly. <laughs> So let's talk about, let's dish a little bit about, you know, I know that, you know, from the outside looking in, it's like spa director, it's kind of, you know, it's a glamorous sounding job. You get to go to all these events and you're wined and dined and, you know, vendors are just giving you stuff left and right. You have amazing perks, you know, having that job. But, you know, the underside of it all is it's, it's a lot of work and, you know, you managed a huge property, um, you know, as a spa director and with a huge team, you know, tell yeah. me what that's like, you know, can you walk us through like a typical day of a spa director? Oh gosh. <laughs> no. <laughs> I know there no. is no typical that's, day, but. <laughs> there, there's no typical day. It's, a, it's crazy the amount of things that would fall under my plate. And I think the funniest thing about that is, um, you know, my mom at, at every spa, right. That I would work at one of the perks as well, like bringing in friends and family to shop the spa or to try out new services and give you feedback. And I remember my mom would always be like, oh my gosh, it must be so lovely to work here, right? Every time she would come in the doors, the smells, just everyone greeting her, people knowing what she drank. And she would, oh, this must be so lovely. And I used to think, oh my gosh, we are dealing with people in their most vulnerable state. We're dealing with people in the nude, right? Naked right. in a small dark room with a stranger, nothing can go wrong. Like <laughs> it's so glamorous, right? From the yeah. outside, but yeah, day-to-day stuff. Of course, like any, there's emails, there's, you know, there's hiring, there's ordering, dealing with guest complaints, dealing with scheduling, all of that kind of stuff. I think what's unique about the spa is that you're managing so many different personalities. Mm -hmm. So just the massage therapist versus the hairstylist, you, you talk to them differently. You (laughs) handle them differently. They talk differently. You know, at the the last property I had, we had a salon break room and we had a spa break room and Mm -hmm. the vibes in both the rooms were 180, right? Totally different. And then not only are you managing different personalities and you're also managing hourly staff versus commission staff. So your commission staff, they don't make any money if they're not working. So it's okay for them to sit in the break room and read a magazine or be texting Mm -hmm. or hanging Mm -hmm. out. And, you know, your hourlies, when they become friends, which happens, right? Right. Some friends with your coworkers, your hourlies get sucked into like, oh, I want to sit in the break room and hang out and chat because all of these people are doing it. So yeah, but to go back to your thing about the the daily stuff, there was always just something new or interesting or wow. In you know my ten year career, I've never experienced this or I've never done this. It was yeah. always yeah, always interesting. And you know when you deal with all those personalities, you know sometimes I think you know, some employees just, you know, maybe aren't meant to be there long-term and, you know, maybe there's, you know, there, you know, you have to make that tough decision if they're not living up to the standards or to the, 
you know, to your guidelines and rules of the spa, like sometimes, you know, the hard part I think about being a manager is letting people go. That can be so painful to do that to somebody. But on the other hand, you have, you know, you have to keep up the, the guidelines of, you know, your resort. What, what, what was that like for you? I know in the 10 years, you must have had to <laughs> shift and let, let yeah. some people go on their, you know, to their next journey. I know, you know, firing is always the worst. And, you know, I have to imagine, I'm not a parent, but I would have to imagine it's like what, like a mom feels like, where like, you want the best for your children. You want to make sure like you've given them every opportunity. Mm-hmm. but you also have to, you know, be the stickler. So yeah, firing wasn't definitely not, um, I probably, I'll, I'll, I'm sorry, I'll even say it wasn't even a strong point for me. I don't yeah. think it's not something that I, I enjoy doing. It's not something I don't think I did. You know, there was a lot of thought that went behind that there. It took up a lot of my sleeping time, if you will. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the thing that people don't realize is that you don't turn it off. Like, You'll think about that for weeks and weeks. Like, you know, you just, it stays with you when you have to do that. It's, um, it's just part of the job though, that people don't understand. It's, it is glamorous, but there are some, you know, not so glamorous sides of it. Yeah. Well, and even when they were more black and white cases, Mm -hmm. like, um, you know, like theft, for example, you know, like I really like to know that before I say something or before I do something that I've thought of every angle, that I have my facts correct, that I'm not accusing someone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so even in the black and white cases where there was major theft going on, I would be like, okay, checking my T's, right? Dotting my I's, like, is this right? So again, a lot of thought went into it even before those terminations. Right. Right. And then, you know, then you're left. Okay. Then now this position is open and now uh, I fill it immediately because, you know, the schedule is booked or I need a front desk person. So, you know, interviewing is another part that I would say, well, in my opinion, maybe you feel different is not so glamorous because it's, well, first of all, no one likes to go on an interview and interviews are so daunting for the person that's giving the interview. Um, can you, do you, can you think of any like interview stories that, are very memorable um you know what I guess when it comes to interviewing what I have a good story for you it's not going to be about interviewing but um, when it came to interviewing I just was always so surprised about how many people would no show me one like I couldn't believe that because it's like you hear people oh it's so hard to get into a a hotel spa it's so hard you know to get in or never hiring and then I would have so many people no show me no show me I'd have so many people just show up in like jeans or, you know, they'd be like late or they'd be texting on their phone when I went to go pick them up. So that just always blew me away. And, you know, just as like FYI for people, you know, those front desk people are usually doing the first interview interview. And so they would email me back what (laughs) the interviewee was doing in the lobby, what, how they were acting, were they nice, were they rude? Right. Um, But yeah, interviews are awkward because I felt for them if they were nervous. And then I also like felt awkward if I knew it was like a hard no, but I still continued the interview just so it wasn't so obvious that this isn't like a great fit. Right. But I think the other part of that with, when it comes to interviews is interviewing vendors. And uh, I had, tell us that. (laughs) Yes. Right. So I had someone come in and it was kind of a last minute thing and she wasn't, I don't know what the word would be like. She wasn't like a very well-known vendor. Okay. It was, I think she was from Utah and she came in the office and she was very hesitant on 
or not, I'm very adamant about shutting my door, which as a manager, I didn't like having my door shut if my staff needed me, right? I like to have my door open. And she like slammed it shut and she like got her her chair really close to me and she's like telling me, oh, this is magic. This is magical sand from Utah. And she was like, I mean, she scared the crap out of me, how close she was getting to me and how she was talking so passionately about like the magical powers of this. It was like a mason jar of sand. Like this was like the label is made at home, you know, like this was not like my typical vendor experience. And then she had the door shut on top of it. So I felt like a staff member couldn't even save me if they knew like, okay, something's not right. Oh my God. That would be so kind of intimidating. Someone have to come in and close the door right away. Yeah. Yeah. And I I can't remember all the details, but she was talking just crazy stuff about this sand that was like magical and powerful and we needed it. And so did, you probably didn't end up getting it then. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> we did not. Yeah, that was okay, a hard that pass. Was, that was a no. <laughs> yeah. One thing that, you know, I, I was a vendor and I still am. And, you know, going into different spas, I will tell you that, you know, you kind of can get a sense of who that spa director is, you know, what the vibe is. You kind of walk in. It's kind of like walking into someone's home. You, you walk in and you immediately have a sense of the energy of the management. You know, and I will, I will be t- totally transparent with you and, and totally honest. When I first walked into your spa as a vendor, it was always so welcoming. Um, yeah. What I loved was your vision. You always had unique things. You know, I think that sometimes as a vendor, what you notice is that there's what I call cookie cutter spas. Like it's everyone has the same product. Everyone has yes. the same things. And, you know, I understand, you know, that you know, it's kind of, you, you want to stay with what your competitors are doing. You always, really, I, I always saw you as like a visionary. You always had something new, something really unique, something that, you know, you never would find at other spas and your staff was always so gracious, um, you know, even to vendors and I'm sure they get vendors coming in day in and day out and it's just right. a reflection. And what do you attribute that to and, and what advice would you give to other spa directors, you know, maybe for creating that, creating that vision. And, you know, what, why did you, why were you kind of out of the box sometimes with offering, you know, the things that you did that weren't so cookie cutter? Yeah, well, I will, I will credit that to my retail background. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of psychology behind buying things. Mm, Interesting. And you know, yes, there's the cookie cutter brands, you know, I can think of a lot of skincare brands that are very well known and very saturated, if you will, um, in the market and think about Target. So this is, this is one of the the biggest things that I would try to recreate in the spa. Think about Target in those dollar bins when you first walk in. Right. When something's in a bin, you think, oh, this is going to be cheap or this is going to be affordable. I don't mean cheap, like bad, but like, right. I don't have to check the price because I know I'm going to be able to afford it because of the way that it's displayed. Uh-huh. And a lot of people, you know, we dealt at my property, the property I was last at with locals. And so they don't necessarily get off on buying like the $120 thing because as a souvenir, because they're on vacation, right? right? <laughs> they're looking for, for well-priced items. And so I thought if I could create that bin experience from a spa level. And I don't know if you remember those silver bowls that we had on that round table, but Mm -hmm. it's like, if something was under 40 or 
$50, I could throw it in that bin and people would think it's more shoppable. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I really had to get creative with bringing in lines that I wasn't seeing other people that I was finding more so at, you know, retail shows. Okay. And again, when you're dealing with local clientele, you have to keep changing things because they start putting on the blinders when they come in. So even if you just move your retail around, they'd be like, Oh, you didn't have this before. Right. Like, oh, we did, but it was somewhere else. But you know, just the clients, right? Oh, you're right. We just got these in Miss Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that was, I, I love retail and I love merchandising. So that's, but keeping it fresh and, and making it shoppable because when things are on a shelf and there's only three of them, sometimes people just assume I can't afford that yeah. and you might be losing some money on the table. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I think that's really true. And that's really good advice um, to kind of look at it from that perspective. And I'm sure there is a skill. I mean, there is a talent to that, you know, to yeah. create a shoppable environment. So yeah, I, I find that interesting. But you didn't uh, think like Bath and Body Works and Victoria's Secret does it like their semi-annual sales. Yeah. You're shopping out of bins. And I know if you don't have this visual on the, these bowls that I'm talking about, but it's this, you know, you can do it on a much nicer level. You could do it out of baskets or, but it does. It makes people think like, oh, I can afford this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you always, you know, carried really unique brands too, which I liked, you know, uh, you know, on the professional side as well. I mean, it wasn't just all of the same things that you see everywhere at every spa. Yeah. Well, and I loved getting the staff involved with what mm -hmm. they were interested in because they, they're ultimately, they're the ones that need to sell it. Right. And, you know, I know from feedback, right. Being in the treatment room day in, day out, you can get kind of bored with the product. <laughs> so yeah. if everyone has already used the product, they might be like, Oh, this stuff again. Like I want it to be new and fresh. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And so what do you think? Okay. So you were in Vegas, you know, people obviously, you know, Vegas is like the destination, you know, for a lot of people, they look forward to coming to Vegas and having that Vegas experience. What would, what would people be most surprised about, um, about being a spa director in Vegas? Like what would people not expect? Um, well, a couple things. One, players, people that spend a lot of money at the hotels <laughs> can get away with some interesting um, activity, if you will, in the spa. And I'm not meaning anything sexual when I say that, like it's okay. very professional when it comes to that. Yeah. But, you know, just like kind of their request, opening early, staying late, um, you know, not having anyone else in the surrounding area while they get their services done. And these aren't celebrities. These are just yeah. people that gamble a lot. Yeah. Um, sometimes even the way that they can show up late for appointments and you don't have to charge them or whatever. Right. right. Um, and then the second part to that would probably be just the influence of alcohol because, <laughs> you know, usually when you think of spas, you think just relaxing all day and self-healing and detoxing. And in Vegas, you know, the pools are always right next to the spas. And so you have people getting their spa treatments and then so they're detoxing and they're just walking right out the door to the pool deck to retox we would call it yeah <laughs> and so a lot of issues come with that one is if you just get a facial and you're out in the sun drinking um we would then get obviously like reactions <laughs> sometimes if people aren't used to drinking in the heat here in las vegas they don't realize it's like a one drink equals two drinks type deal. Right, and right. We would have people come back to the spot and not remember where their locker was, 
they would have no recollection of not pain or pain. And I'm assuming you can just kind of start imagining what that would look like. And yeah. <laughs> I have one guest that in particular really stood out because I had seen her come back in and take her stuff and leave at some point. Mm-hmm. And it's, at the end of the day, it's 630 and she's in the locker room, unbeknownst to me, the spa attendant's dealing with it at this point, and she can't find her stuff, her locker. And so the attendant is about to start popping all the lockers, if you will, with yeah. the overriding key to open them up. And in order to do that, right, we have to have two people present, so nothing goes missing. So they call me in, and we are opening every locker. And again, it's at the end of the day, so there's like two lockers. Nope, that's not my stuff. That's not my stuff. And she, I recognize her and realize she doesn't remember <laughs> coming down already and clearing out her locker. Oh my God. So I'm having to explain. you have to be so nice about it too, I'm sure. And I have to be so nice. And there's other guests in the spa facility and I'm having to explain like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, I think I saw you, you know, you don't want to be accusatory. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Is it possible that you took it upstairs? I didn't take it upstairs. You guys stole my stuff, right? Freaking out. So anyways, I said, can you please just go up to your room and check it out? And if it's not there, please call me back. And I had never heard from her again. So (laughs) that that was awesome. We have had people like arrested on property. Like, um, I'm just gonna call them hookers. I don't know if that's okay to say, but you know, (laughs) they like have fake credit cards and like, if someone booked a massage, a facial, a full set and extensions, like you already know that their cards can decline at the end of the day or they're going to no show. (laughs) And we had like two girls like arrested, you know, in on the side parking lot who had like they and they found like the credit card making machine in the trunk oh my god uh only yeah. in vegas only in yeah. vegas <laughs> yeah. and even all the theft i don't know if that's just a vegas thing thing but no. you know there's nice products in the showers like the shampoo yes, conditioner and those. they would just steal the whole bottles yes like, okay uh, just empty a water bottle and like put the product in the water bottle like leave my bottles because I have to screen print those and they take like six weeks to get (laughs) yeah you know what was so strange is when I worked at a luxury property in Chicago people would steal the weirdest things you know we offered like sesame snacks and you know like little banana chip snacks in the spa waiting area people would take take it and like stuff their pockets with it yep like okay that's a little bizarre or yeah they would, we had some decorative bath salts in this you know really pretty you know container just for decor somebody poured all of that into their purse and took it <laughs> okay yeah they it, yeah like it's, especially like when you pick up like used robes I would always have you know you're trained to check the pockets in case anyone leaves any jewelry or mm-hmm. a cell phone and yeah sometimes you'd reach into the pocket and it'd be like a whole handful of razors like disposable oh razors, like, oh, did you mean, I think you forgot these. <laughs> you know, like, like, I mean, we try to have, obviously try to get nice stuff, but there's also a cost involved. So I mean, those aren't the best razors to be stealing, but. But, yeah. you know, I wish people it. it kind of, it's, it's definitely a study of psychology. That would be really interesting to study. I know there aren't cameras in the spa locker rooms and things like that, but it'd be interesting to kind of see and study it, you know, like behavior. Well, so what we realized is, so most of the time we go off of the idea of like full and abundant, make everything look full and abundant. And what happens is, is people think, oh, there's 20. No one will notice if I take six or eight or 10 because there's still a lot. 
And so we started training the staff to only put out like three or four razors at a time because people aren't as quick to then steal all of them. Mm-hmm. They're just going to take what they need when it doesn't look like there's a plethora or an abundance of them. Yeah. Interesting. But, oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> now, have you ever had, um, I know we're talking about, you know, kind of funny stories on that aspect, yeah. but have you ever had like a heartfelt story? And I, I'm sure there's more of those than the bad. Um, yeah. The bad ones are just funny. Like even, you know, you have like people like pass out on the tables, like in massage therapists can't wake them up. Oh my <laughs> but um, yeah, if I have to think about like a heartfelt story. Uh, so this story doesn't sound like it starts out heartfelt, but we had a guest slip in the wet area. And so the wet areas where like the sauna, steam room, jacuzzi is located. Okay. And anytime that a guest is injured, even if they're not claiming that they're injured, but anytime there's an accident, we request that the guest fills out a voluntary statement. And that's just in case they go home and the next day they wake up and they're not feeling well or whatever. It's for our protection and their protection just to fill it out on the scene. So this guest had slipped and the spa attendants, you know, they went into action. We'll call security. No, 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 no. I'm fine. And we're like, really, we insist. And it also helps too, because if there's an an issue that continues to come up, that's how we get money to fix it, right? Because it's on record that this this happens. Right. So we pushed for her to fill it out. And she wanted to speak to me because we ruined her entire experience, which, you know, I wasn't new to ruining people's experience for sure. Like (laughs) that was, (laughs) I've ruined birthdays, I've ruined weddings, you name it, we've ruined it. But we ruined her day because we had to have security come down and have her fill this out. So she leaves and, you know, of course I feel bad. That wasn't the point, but it's for her protection. And so a couple weeks later, the front desk girls call and say, you know, that guest from the other day is back. Like, oh my gosh, what, like, (laughs) I got the point, right? But what is, what do we need to go over now? And so went out there and she had said that she wanted to credit us for essentially saving her life because she went into the doctor to get a scan just precautionary based on what I guess the security team told her at the hotel because she had hit her head when she fell and they noticed they found like a tumor and she said that it was like such an early detection that they were able to schedule a surgery to have it removed and it shouldn't have any long-term effects and she's like I would have never known if you hadn't pushed me to fill out that report. So, (laughs) yeah, I'm like, I have goosebumps telling that story like 10 years later. So, yeah. Well, um, that always goes to show you that, you know, I guess when, you know, sometimes when we perceive as, you know, inconveniences or bad things happen, sometimes it's divine intervention. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, that's a good one. I like that. Yeah. But the stories go on because even as, you know, when I was in, tight mix with the spa directors it's like we always joked about like we need to get together and write a book because no one would ever believe everything that you deal with and even just the amount of like I don't even like saying this word but poop stories it is insane the amount of like it is true and I don't think people really understand I remember once I'll share a story and maybe want to chime in somebody decided just to take their feces and smear it all over the shower wall and oh yeah I don't know if that was like expressionable art like I don't (laughs) know what we're doing but it's like people have to clean that up and it's just the ugly side of the spa world and you deal with all kinds of crazy people it's just 
part of dealing with the public, but you don't think poop yes. and spa in the same thought process, you know? No, or even, this is horrendous, and I just apologize for the visual, but, like, women would take their pads and, like, stick them on the shower wall. Okay, okay. Yeah. That's so, what yeah, <laughs> but it just, you know, and, and that's what I, it, it goes back to what I initially had first said about like when my mom would walk into the spa, like, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful and it's so lovely in here. And it's like, you are, you're dealing with people in their bathroom habits, mm-hmm. you know, their yeah. shower habits. Um, you're dealing with people that aren't clothed. And on top of all of that, you know, like restaurants or other industries, you can get loud because there can be commotion in the spa and world no matter what's going on, everyone still has a calm voice. Everything's fine. <laughs> what can I get you? Right. You cannot allude to any sort of issue. No, oh, there's no issue with your reservation. Please come back. Okay. Go on the computer. Where the heck is her reservation? <laughs> you know, like everything is calm all the time. There's no problem. <laughs> and I want to ensure any listeners that spas follow OSHA cleaning, oh cleaning standards and everything is cleaned with you know the utmost hotel sanitation and security so yeah no there's so much yeah Yeah. there's so much sanitation and even in addition to licensing that everyone has the hotel Mm -hmm. would still make the team members go through two trainings a year um, to get their certifications um there would be secret shoppers all the time so i know that's i think that's probably the hardest part about talking about those things is because you know you would never want anyone to think oh i don't want to do that now yeah yeah (laughs) yeah you know everything is you know it's the cleanest place really i think in the hotel probably are the spa areas but you know there are some crazy things that do happen and that's the realness and that's what this show's all about it's about you know highlighting all the glamorous parts but also the real parts because I think unless you work in a spa on you know the the uh service provider side you just you really don't understand like what it's all about sometimes yeah absolutely so you know with all of your years experience 10 years in management and you know working with guests you know what would you say looking back or, you know, what was your biggest success? What are you most proud of when you think of that time in your life? Oh my gosh. Well, I met some amazing people. I know it's always about the people, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm proud of knowing Forbes standards that taught me a new standard of customer service that I hadn't, you know, been exposed to prior and everything that I learned, all of the P&Ls, all of the relationships, right? I got to take all that with me when I left that industry. But I think that I, I really enjoyed the people. And when it comes to what I'm most proud of, I think, you know, my last, my last property was 10 years. Mm-hmm. And so I had a couple properties before that and okay. staying at a property that long was really cool to be able to promote people and to have people come in at entry level and get them to full time to mm-hmm. get them into management positions, to watch them grow and to foster that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I really prided myself about that when I was in that position, taking people from the buffet, bringing seasonal people in from the pool and kind of turning it into a long-term career for them. Yeah. And we had people mm-hmm. start as a spa receptionist and move into an esthetician position, which, right, that's probably one of the hardest positions to get into um, on the strip. Or, you know, I had front desk people move from part-time to full-time to assistant managers. And then so the person that took my position was a day one team member that started in a spa receptionist position. So yeah. it's like, that is really cool to, I think that's probably what I'm most proud of. of just being able to. 
And what would you say, you know, for those that, you know, maybe do aspire to one day become a spa director, what, what advice would you give them? You know, what do you wish somebody would have told you? Well, I think her name's Courtney. Well, I think what she told me about you're going to use your psychology degree. Yeah. I think that's a big one. Something that I went in with that no one had necessarily told me, but it definitely helped was understanding, although I never practiced massage in a treatment room on the strip, I had gone through the training. <laughs> I had gone through contraindications. I could put myself in their shoes a little bit, maybe more easily mm -hmm. than someone who didn't have that background. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's so important as a director to be able to either say I was a hairstylist or say I've been a spa receptionist or I've been a spa attendant because it just gives you a much broader view and you're able to relate to your team much mm -hmm. better. And yeah. I think that's where a big piece of that respect comes in. And, and Vegas is kind of unique, I will say. I mean, I you know, obviously didn't grow up here. And, you know, when I came to Vegas, I, you know, I was a seasoned esthetician and, you know, worked in many different roles, but, you know, it is hard to get a job as an esthetician in Vegas. I think people think, oh, there's so many properties. I'll just get a job, no problem. And, you know, I was joking with you earlier before we started recording about like, you almost have to wait for someone to retire or die to oh my God. get a job. Um, what advice would you give to young SDs or massage therapists that are just coming out of school and have aspirations to work in one of the resorts, you know, should they start in reception? I know that's maybe sometimes hard for them to do because they've gone to school and they're, you know, wanting to work. What advice would you give them? Yeah, sometimes it's probably a little bit too late to tell them if they're on their way of, to graduate. I think it's really good advice if you're just starting school, just starting school, or if you're thinking about going to school, get yourself into a spa now. Okay. Because I think being in the spa and going through school at the same time, you get to hear textbook and you can compare it to reality, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah, at the same time. Part. And you can talk about that with any, with anything, mm -hmm. you know, if you go to business business, like a um, major in business at UNLV, and then you get into a hotel, yeah. right? It's going to be different. There's textbooks versus reality. So any other advice? I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I have, I loved hiring people right out of school because they didn't have the bad habits. Yeah. <laughs> that was me. You know, that was me as a hiring manager. I know some people still go by where have you come from? Like what's on your resume already? Mm -hmm. So I think even just shopping around spas, like you know, you might think, oh, I have to get into, like, I'll just use the win because that's the best, you know, mm -hmm. but every, every spa has some cool aspects about it. So. Yeah. yeah and I think you have to walk in and kind of like, you know, what I was saying, you know, just as a vendor noticing, I think you have to walk in and kind of feel the vibe, you know, yes. um, do I, could I work here? You know, does this feel right for my, for my spirit, I guess, in a sense. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So let's chat about, okay, so you've had, you know, it's, it was a big decision, I, I would imagine, to walk away from all of that and kind of start your own thing. So do you want to talk about that decision? And, and let's talk about what you're doing, because that to me is super exciting. Okay. So yeah, I was just about to approach 10 years and I was on a flight to Vietnam actually. And I got an email from work and it wasn't by any means the worst email that I had ever dealt with. It wasn't even bad. It was just results from, from something and it just something clicked. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm done. 
And I told the person I was traveling with, you know, when I get back, I'm going to put my notice in. And he's like, okay, like calm down. Yeah. Like, calm down. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I, I know, I know. I'm like, and it's not, it's not directly about that email, but I don't know yeah. why that was just like the last straw. That was like the thing that was like, you know what? I'm done. And you know, I don't, I don't want this story to get too lengthy, but my mom is a, an astrologer. And so by the time I had landed, um, in Vietnam, my mom had sent over like a WhatsApp message. Like, how are you? Hope your trip's going well. By the way, have you had any breakthroughs um, this week? Because there's been a solar eclipse on your sun in your astrology chart. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how does my mom already know? You know, how does she know like that something's happened, that I've had some breakthrough in thought? And I thought there's no way I'm going to text my mom from another country and tell her that I'm giving up a 401k, you know, a salary, all that stuff. (laughs) And so, you know, a couple nights later, I had a couple drinks at dinner and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to tell her. So I said, when I get home, I think I'm going to put in my notice. And she says, your father and I will support you and whatever you do, um, I'll pick you up from the airport in a few days. So that's how like it, that's really like the process of how it happened, (laughs) like how I quit. And at that point I didn't have, I didn't have a website. I didn't have a business card. I had no idea what it looked like, but I, I thought, okay, I would, I've always been interested in helping people. I always loved feng shui. I had learned about astrology over the years um, and I had a strong interest in tarot. So like, I'll make it work. And so I, Use the few last weeks that I had um, in that position while I still had a salary, right? Building a website, building a business card, and um, I launched my business from there. So, one of the cool things about that community that I was talking about with the spa industry is I thought, okay, these are my people. These are the people that already like, know, and trust me. How can I use them kind of as a backboard? to bounce ideas off of or to help them with their business. And so that's where I started getting business to help create like intuitive menus for spas. So spa services that incorporated tarot, crystals, astrology. Um, I worked with properties that they've added astrology services to their menu where a client can go into a room and pick up a phone and call into me, you know, but they're sitting there in their robes. So they're- Yeah. So you don't have like the kids in the background and the dogs in the background, right? It's their time. It's their own quiet space. And then I also started creating events. So, you know, we were used to like, I think like the champagne events in the spa, buy a hundred dollars worth of stuff, get a gift with purchase, get a glass of champagne. And I thought we can do the same thing for spa. Come in tonight, get a tarot reading, buy a hundred dollars worth of product, get this. And so that's really where I started targeting and then, of course, I've been able to build up my, my personal clientele as well then yeah. um, over the years. So now are you then can like um, any spas that might be listening, any spa directors, maybe in other states utilize you? I know you're local to Vegas, yeah. but it sounds like that can really, you can really be utilized in other, you know, for those other spas as well, especially with yeah. the menus. I love that because wellness is such a big thing now and I think it's really innovative and people are looking for something different. I think that is absolutely amazing. Yeah, I've, um, I've done some consulting work for some properties in California and New Mexico, and I try to do the majority, you know, whatever I can via the computer, the phones, Skype, Zoom, right, what, whatever. And then, yeah. um, then I'll fly down, you know, obviously to just tidy some things up. But I, I absolutely can travel and with technology, right? There's so much that we can do yeah. <laughs> not being face-to-face. Yeah, I love it. And I love, um, I just, I know that you were doing these beautiful 
you know, crystal tiara crowns. Oh, um, yeah. I know that, you know, some of the spas here in Vegas carry them. And yeah. tell me a little bit about those. Those are really interesting. And I think a lot of, you know, people that have their own spa might be interested in, in looking into carrying those. Yeah. So um, I was consulting actually for a spa here in Las Vegas and um, the head consultant reached out to me for an intuitive menu and said, basically like get as wild or as crazy as you want. Like, pitch us like the craziest ideas. And that's the nice part is because I've been in a spa director position. I understand cleanliness. I understand what the therapist is willing to do, the turnover time, right? So I have, I have a good, whatever, good information on both sides. And so I thought, what if the client during a facial was wearing like this tiara of crystals of raw crystals while they got their facial to charge the crown chakra and so i made a prototype to pitch this service because i thought that you're they're gonna have to see it and they're gonna have to feel it on their head because they're they're a little weighty okay but but it's great because you feel it on your head and it's like people's demeanor change when they put these on and so it's interesting out of all the services right that was one of the ones that they didn't pick but I don't know if I should give away the property. The logo for the property is actually, it was inspired by the tiaras that I made. So if you know what logo in Las Vegas has a tiara in it, you'll know what property it is. But so that's where it started. And because I had purchased the things for the prototype, I just started making them and giving them for gifts to my friends for Christmas. And they got just such an amazing response that I thought, oh, I'm going to start, people need these, like people need these. And I charge them under the full moon. And some people, you know, they love rocking them all day. I rock mine all day, but, and other people just use them to recharge themselves at the end of the night or, you know, use it while they man, uh, they manifest or they brainstorm because quartz crystals, like they intensify, they magnify. And so when you put that on your head, where your thoughts are coming from, where your prayers come from, where your manifestation right your mantras come from I just think it just gives them some those your words so much more power I love that I I, I can't wait to get one and I, I, <laughs> I was looking at your post you know I think it was yesterday I'm like how do I not have one I, I just can't believe that I haven't bought one from you yet so yes yeah. on my to-do list um for sure Perfect. and you know I definitely want to have you back because of you know, your astrology and, you know, I've had a reading with you and I will let everybody know it was amazing. It was the most thorough reading I've ever had. And I, you know, I really hope that people will take a look at your website and, and do a, a consult with you for sure. But because you have this astrology background, I'd love for you to share, um, you know, because we're talking about spa and the spa industry and the beauty industry. Let's go through the 12 signs and like what jobs are best suited for each sign. I think that might be kind of a fun way to end our okay. together. Yeah. So let's see when we're talking about the positions. And again, this is just, this is funsies, right? This isn't yeah. like looking at um, the chart with their sun, their moon, their sun and everything in there. But if we just had to start kind of going through them, I think fire signs make amazing hairstylists okay because hairstylists they have to be chatty right they're on their feet a lot of times they're multitasking right they have um like color on one client and while they're processing they're blowing out another client like right they're kind of all over the place they need that that energetic energy so when i say fire signs your Sagittarius's, your leos would be great for that position um or anyone like with that that rising sign Okay. Okay. 
Um, when I think of massage therapist, I might think maybe more so water signs because okay. they, water signs are, you know, they're pretty emotional people. They're very intuitive. Um, they kind of love to like foster cater to other people. Mm -hmm. So you might think of even our estheticians in, into that category as well. Water signs or if, even if like your moon or your ascendant is in a prominent water sign. So we might think our Scorpios, our Pisces would be good for that, those positions. When we go to the front desk, the front desk, you know, they're, they're talking, they're on the computer. So it can, that fire sign energy could help as well. Okay. You know, that Aries, that Aries maybe at the front desk, but I would think air signs would be great for your front desk people because think about like balancing the books, you know, the kind of the puzzles of fitting everything in. Yeah. Those would be like your Geminis would be great at that. Your Libras, you know, Aquarius, they can be a little quirky, right? I'll, I'll take credit <laughs> for that. <laughs> well, we have to disclose. We have to disclose that both you and I are both Aquarius. So yes, we are. We're not hating. We're not hating. Then when we think about like spa attendants, right? Because they're the hustlers. They're the ones kind of doing, you know, all the laborious work, if you will, in the spa. They're running around the towels. And so I would think those would be great earth signs. So when we think of, you know, Taurus, um, Capricorns, they might have like that eye for detail. Um, yeah. Your Virgo, your Virgos, especially <laughs> the eye for detail back there to make sure, oh, they need to drink refill. Oh, we need to empty that towel bin. What about makeup artists? What do you, who do you think, what signs would Ooh. best be suited for I guess that's, you know, selling, it's art. It's I know, because of the art, I just, for some reason, I just thought, okay, that has to be like your Aquarians or your Pisces. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but Virgos would be good too, again, just because that there, there is a need for detail with yeah. that. But I think just from the creative side of it, any strong Aquarius or Pisces in the chart would be good. Or if you have, you know, and this is way more technical, you know, for you know your chart, but it's interesting because when I started doing more charts right? my own clients. And because I was kind of pulling off of all of my spa friends, so many of my clients had Venus sitting on the midheaven in the chart. And again, I know that sounds very technical, but I started thinking, you know, this was a pretty common placement until I started doing more charts, right. As my business grew outside of the spa industry, but you know, Venus, the planet of love and beauty sitting on the midheaven, which is your reputation, what you're known for, <laughs> is a great placement for anyone looking to enter the spa or salon industry and making a career out of it. Hmm. Interesting. You know, something that came up, I was thinking, I wrote it down so I didn't forget to ask you. Oh, yeah. You were talking about your mom being an astrologer and, you know, she kind of already knew in a sense, you know, what your next step might be. Yeah. I just had this like anxiety of thinking, oh God, I'm so glad my mom is not an astrologer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my mom's already pretty, you know, much of a sleuth and a detective when it comes to me. Okay. I just can't imagine. What was that like growing up as a teenager with your mom, like, knowing, like, your innermost workings? <laughs> yeah. You know, she used me, I'll say, I mean, not used me, but, you know, so she's been doing astrology for 37 years, I think. They moved to Las Vegas in 81, 82 to be astrologers. Uh-huh her and my dad. And so she would use me almost as a guinea pig because she had like an up close show to watch <laughs> how I, how I went through energies and how I lived it out. So she could, you know, enhance her interpretation. So when her clients went through these energies, 
you know, she knew, okay, I, this is how I've seen it lived. You know, this is how I see someone, have seen someone live it out. So yeah, I, I don't know if that was the craziest part of the whole thing, you know, growing <laughs> up, we had a home telephone. So people, clients would call in and ask for my mom and I would say, oh, she, you know, she's not available. And they would say, okay, can you write this down? Tell her that Neptune hit my son and everything that she said is true. Right now, like <laughs> nine years old on the memo pad, like Neptune hit her son. What the heck are they talking about? So, you know, and my mom didn't start studying feng shui seriously until 1994. And so I was, you know, in fourth, fifth grade during that time. And, you know, watching her move things around the house, saying that she was moving things around the house so things would come true in our lives seemed a bit a bit wild and you know then seeing those things seeing it happen and then me you know regurgitating it to my middle school aged friends yeah we put up all these pictures of airplanes in our home and we started traveling more you know it's just like it was normal to me it yeah. was normal and yeah <laughs> that's so interesting you know I, I think that's you know that's pretty incredible um and I'm glad that she went easy on you and let you kind of figure your stuff out because I think it would be really challenging as a mom, you know, moms want to save and they want to help. And then to top it off, she has maybe this inner knowing from, you know, looking at your chart. So kudos to her for, you know, practicing some of that restraint. That's really good. And I know, you know, do some work together. I've seen some of your Facebook um, lives, Uh, you know, we'll link all of that so people can find you on Facebook and Instagram and kind of see what you're doing. I think it's amazing. And I have so enjoyed this conversation and I just want to thank you for being willing to dish a little bit of the tea. Um, (laughs) I think that's great. And uh, just for sharing your knowledge, I think, um, you know, again, you know, you, you know, our goal in this industry always is to help. And I hope that somebody listened today will walk away with some, you know, new perspective and, you know, maybe take some of the advice that you gave. So thank you so much. Of course. I really appreciate my time this afternoon. I want to just get on record that you'll come back and we can do more of a deep dive into some astrology as it fits into the beauty industry. Yes. I would love to do that. Like pairing, like what products you should be using based on your signs or yeah, we can get much more specific with, with each of the 12 signs. Yeah. Or we can, you kind of um, talk about episode. a little bit about what you do with designing menus based on some of this. Oh, I think yeah. I, I oh, yeah. super fascinating and interesting. So I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah. Perfect. Well, I look forward to it. All right, Kate. Thanks so much. And we'll be okay. talking soon. Perfect. Bye Claudia. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you liked this episode, I would be grateful if you would rate and review and be sure to subscribe so you can get notified when the next episode goes live. To learn more about makeup, skincare, self-care, and my personal go-to products, visit thebeautydebut.com. Do you want to continue today's conversation? You can find me on Instagram at thebeautydebut and on LinkedIn at Claudia Fabian. 